I deliver a hard day's work for the money. I just want the chance. It'll come. I believe in America. I follow the rules. Everybody's got their own hard times these days. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode six of Movies with Wrestlers. Talking with my good buddy Dan Haywood this week, bandmate and um, fake enemy, I guess I could call him. We love to hate each other. Um, we're talking about They Live this week, which ever since I started the podcast, whenever I, I talk to people about it, I ask them to be on it, and they always say they live almost every single person i've talked to about it has said they live so i imagine there may be a few more episodes um of this movie which i'm totally okay with um there's a lot to talk about it's a pretty beefy movie surprisingly enough i I didn't really know a ton about it going into it but i was uh really surprised with uh the entire movie so um without any more delay uh episode six they live enjoy see i haven't been mean to you lately dan that's that's not fair I was, actually I was, that's so true i've been a lot nicer to you lately that is we normally do this bit where we pretend to hate each other at least i'm pretending maybe you actually hate me but yeah pretending that's the word i'd use <laughs> i feel like it's uh that whole bit maybe it's just run its course at this point yeah and i think we were making a lot of people uncomfortable, uncomfortable. <laughs> at, this, at the grocery store because that's most of the time <laughs> if not at band practice that's usually when i see you is when when we're at the grocery store because i used to work in the grocery store i i go to that grocery sp- store specifically to see you is that true um yeah <laughs> hey there's like a hundred grocery stores in this town and i chose that one yeah i just remember the first time i went in there with kimmy or like I saw you when I was in there with Kimmy and we like kind of freaked her out because I was just like I can't believe this fucking guy is shopping here when I told him not to shop here anymore. it was totally I think before she really knew who I was <laughs> yeah yeah because I like snuck up behind you guys as I remember too yeah that's I think right. I was all creepy about it <laughs> yeah yeah people never know what to think they think we're actually like fighting it's all right let them think that yeah well, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> We're talking about They Live. Um, the year is 1988. Yeah, yeah. It, does it the is, movie in take place way. in like any sort of like neo future or anything? I think it, it feels like it just takes place in 88. It kind of does. Yeah, like the the everything seems pretty modern for that time. Yeah, that was like 30 years ago almost. Sure was. Damn. Wow. What year were you born? 87. 87. So yep. you hit the 30 year. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. I'm I'm in my 30s at this point. Oh, that's a bummer. I'm Funny. five I'm 5 years away from that. Oh, enjoy them, man. Enjoy them. <laughs> enjoy your knees and your back while you can. As soon as you hit 30, they're gone. Dude, they're already pretty much gone. <laughs> if I if you were to ask me what is what in your body is bothering you the most right now, I'd say my knees and my back. Is that true? <laughs> that's absolutely true. My back always hurts, but like I've been hitting my knees off of shit a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So there's like bruises and shit there, and now they just kind of like ache. Mm-hmm. Like the I other day, you. it just sort of like gave out on me out of nowhere. Just like you know how like when you like hyperextend your knee mm-hmm. when you're like running, 
it felt like that, but I didn't hyperextend it. It just felt like that. It just hurt. Yeah. It's just at that for no reason. Yeah. Good. Good. My shoulder too has been going out. Shoulder issues, but I don't throw a lot of balls or anything. Yeah. I'm always throwing balls. You are. That's true. I forgot about that. Um, so this movie starts out and Roddy, it's just like during the, the opening sequence, it's just this train and then the train passes and then you just see Roddy Piper on the tracks. It's just right there he in all his glory. Yeah. And then he just, he's kinda, a drifter. He Drifters is. hang around trains a lot. I notice that's true. They're drifting from place to place via these trains. Absolutely. And I think they, did they give his character a name or was he just they a drifter? They never once say his name in the movie. You nice. can you only see it in the credits. It's nada, nada, right? And that's a reference to the source material for the movie. I believe the main character's name had the word nada in it or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, I think I read that. Yeah, yeah. There's it was it was based on the short story Eight O'clock in the Morning. I think is what it was called. I cannot remember something like that. I'm pretty sure. Um, and yeah, the. Carpenter was the director, but he he also wrote it. He just used a a pen name, yeah. Frank Armitage. 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 I would say this is man. It's hard, but I think this is probably. I don't want to say it's uh, Carpenter's second best film, but it's definitely my second favorite film of Carpenter's. Your favorite being the thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I you know I haven't like I mean, he did Halloween, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I would say Halloween is definitely one of my favorite great film yeah See, the thing with the thing with carpenter it's kind of like how i i feel about like the chili peppers see the chili peppers had a few songs that were really really good like just awesome songs but the rest is trash you got to wade through the trash to find the good things and that's kind of like carpenter with his, with his films because he's got some bad movies out yeah. there. yeah go some mars Ugh, sorry. oh with uh ice cube ice cube yeah Garbage. I forgot that was Carpenter. That was Carpenter. Yeah, that was like early 2000s or like late 90s, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, it's got... I can't remember. I feel like it's early 2000s. It's got that early 2000s feel. Yeah. Um, But that's not to say Carpenter's not a great director. No, he definitely had some shit to say in this movie. Totally. Okay, I want to jump right into it since you brought it up. This movie, it's one of those that I feel like no matter what decade you watch it, it'll always be relevant. Absolutely. It's so, re- but like right now, it's so relevant. It it plays into today's politics really well. Uh, the whole idea of using the media to brainwash people, um, you know, it's just like gaslighting today. Yeah. And uh, it's, oh, it just, it kills it. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of parallels and... I this was the first time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I hadn't watched it um, prior to this, which well, it's one of the funny things with this podcast. Whenever I like talk to people about it, I usually ask if they want to be on an episode because I'll, I'll pretty much have anybody on movies with wrestlers at gmail dot com if you want to come on the show. <laughs> um, but everybody seems to to say they live like right off the bat, dude. They, it's well, it also, you know, something I read was saying, like, this movie, this was the first time that a known famous wrestler acted in a film that ended up the movie was good, and yeah. it, it went on to, like, it, this movie, in a way, paved the way for Dwayne The Rock Johnson to become who he is. Yeah, I could I could definitely agree with that. Uh, 
That's fascinating. It's also the only movie that Piper was ever in. He never did anything after this. He was in Hell Comes to Frogtown. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's. I think that's the only other one, though. Oh, okay, it's okay. Like a, I I, from what I understand, it's a pretty shitty uh, B movie. And then, of course, he went on to be in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's right, yeah. And that's where I actually that's where I first learned who he was. Really? Because I didn't see They Live until it's so embarrassing for me, but till like last year. Dude, yeah. I didn't see it until today. Today, <laughs> like an hour ago. Oh man. But, like, I had, like, T-shirts with the characters on them, and I didn't even know what they were from. Oh. And then I finally learned, I was like, that's They Live? I better watch that movie. Yeah, well, it seems to have influenced a lot of stuff. Like, Well, then, yeah, Shepard Fairey, yeah. who's one of my favorite uh, artists, this time at least. Uh, like, look, yeah, look what he did with it. And, oh, man. Yeah, and I actually, like, made that connection. Whoa. Because I read about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I made that connection because I didn't know who Shepard Fairey was, um, but once I saw the Obey and everything, like yep. I got it immediately. Yeah, it's pretty like universal thing. It didn't he do? Did he do the Andre the Giant or is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He also did the Obama Hope poster. Yeah, dude, he's he's like the original like sticker smash sticker artist, and Sweet. that's awesome to me. All right, going back to the political side of this movie, um, I don't know, maybe you read about this. I find it so fascinating that the alt-right, or as I like to call them, neo-Nazis, uh, they've totally like taken this movie and they believe that it's about like you know the Jews taking over the world, which is such fucking <sighs> bullshit, obviously. But they ran with this so far that John Carpenter had to come out and say, no, this is not about Nazis, you fucking oh idiots. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh my god, it's like he had like Carpenter had to step up and correct these Nazis. It's obvious ah, it drives me nuts. But yeah. it's just like anyone this movie is so relevant that anyone can make it fit their narrative. Right. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. You, there's a lot there's a lot there and I feel like there's going to be it's going to take a couple watches, which is good because like I said like everybody wants to do this movie. So I feel like this is the one film that I'm going to allow multiple like, episodes on yeah do multiple episodes so uh, i'll try to space them out though so it's not like no just do the them all they, in a row the, the, the they live podcast <laughs> um but it starts out um the first time we like hear from roddy piper it starts he's like at a bank i think probably trying to get some money like a line of credit or something and oh yeah the yeah, bank yeah. teller's just having none of him she's just like looking at him like She's just judging them. Yeah, judging the hell judging out of Judging the book by its cover. And honestly, if I'm going to look at Rodney Piper and judge him, I'm going to think he's a damn good-looking guy. He he's did a seem, stand-up dude. Yeah, for sure. He's. I mean, we, we see later on when he like gets the construction job, like everybody works with their shirt off, apparently, in that job. And you can see that he's got some muscles on him. Dude, that guy can swing a hammer. Everybody, yeah, so can Keith David. Oh, Keith David can swing my hammer any day <laughs> of the week. You do seem to have a weird boner for Keith David. Dude, I absolutely do. Oh, my God, I love Keith David. When I first when I first saw this movie, I had I was well into my Keith David phase, and uh, 
I didn't know he was in it. And then he popped on the screen, and it was like, and you were like, oh, oh shit, boy, oh boy. <laughs> I'm a fan of Keith David's voice. Oh, that voice. Actually, that's how I first learned who he was. At the, it was in a video game. I want to say. Yeah, I can't put my head. I can't like place it, but I know I've heard him in a video game somewhere. And it was like, I love that voice. Who is it? And then that's how I learned his name. And then I went realized, oh, that's Keith David from The Thing. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, but sort of. He's a drifter, and you see there's a scene where he's, like, outside this person's apartment, and he's, like, watching TV from the outside. And oh, I, yeah, like like a total voyeur. <laughs> yeah, and I got freaked out because I'm just like, how many times have I been, like, alone at night watching TV and someone's just watching TV from the outside? <laughs> Just watching me. I have this weird thing. Whenever I'm driving at night and you can see in people's windows and you can see the TV, I always want to. I'd like try to see watch as long and like until I know what they're watching. Yeah, I do that. I, too, I don't know actually. what it is. I'm so fascinated by it, though. Yeah, I've been able to like spot a couple of cooking shows. I think like Chopped. I've oh, seen a couple cows. times. <laughs> yeah, people are into cooking shows. And I am too. It's weird. I went through my phase. There's some good cooking shows out there. I can handle them. <laughs> he gets uh introduced to Keith David who shows him that like weird shanty town yeah where everybody is like you yeah. can get a hot meal and the you drifter can get a place. village yeah yeah which to me okay now when you look at the drifter village it's obviously filled with like tarps tents and garbage but I've seen these drifter villages in real life and in real life I feel like they're even just way dirtier yeah Definitely. And I don't mean to be knocking on these drifter villages. It's just a fact of life. I feel like they're way more filthy. And in this film, it just seemed too clean to me. Yeah, well, so did the garbage when he like goes searching through the garbage. <laughs> the best garbage to ever be like searching through. Yeah, there's nothing wet. There's no there's food. Nothing there's sticky. Just, just, like, it doesn't even boxes. look like there's anything stinky in it. No, it's like it's boxes and like, shredded paper, paper and yeah. boxes. It's he like got, a playground. He got the good dumpster. Um... <laughs> But uh, they're at they're in they're in the shanty town, and he one the people are like watching TV, and a hacker comes through. This is where Roddy starts to learn of the the stuff that's going on the conspiracy. The, the conspiracy. And if you if you watch throughout the movie, there's often there's TV scenes. There's always a TV like going on in so many scenes. I mean, at this part, they're outside. They're just sitting outside. And they have an entire TV set hooked yeah. up out there. And this is like one of those old 80s TV sets. Yeah. I, it's like built into a wood cabinet. I did notice like throughout the entire movie, there's TV sets on like everywhere. And they're always, it's generally always commercials or the news station. Yeah. Channel 54 or whatever it yeah, is. It's, yeah. It's just like people trying to sell you stuff or people trying to distract you from stuff. Yeah. Which, spoiler alert, <laughs> is kind of what the entire movie's about. Yeah. <laughs> um. But the uh, there's a hacker on the TV that's like spewing this like gospel, and it's actually like there's a weird scene where he's like watching the hacker on the TV, but the other like the preach like the the blind preacher is like oh, talking. He's like mouthing the exact words. Yeah, it's almost they don't like really he's like touch base on. They that. don't. Yeah, they don't follow up. It's just it's almost like he's channeling whatever, like. The yeah. guy who's talking, like telling him what to say. But that doesn't make sense to me in the context of the film because these are the humans that are trying to stop the whole channeling of the ideas. Right. It doesn't... That one kind of caught me off guard. Hey, uh, if John Carpenter can clear that up for us, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which? What's the email say it again? <laughs> <laughs> Movies with wrestlers at gmail.com. Carpenter, just get in touch. 
Just drop us a line. Um, there's a uh, it, it leads to the scene where Roddy is like he sees all the people like going into the church. Yeah, and he like sees that there's something going on in the church, and he's very astute from the he beginning. Is. He's a watcher. Yeah, he's uh, he's a smart guy. Oh, yeah. I have a hard time believing he's he's a, just a drifter. He's he figures things out immediately. He does. That's the thing about the drifter. They have a lot of experience in a lot of different things. I guess that makes sense. They have you a can't mysterious just be a dumb past. drifter. That's how you get killed by serial killers. Exactly. Like drifters, they weed out the the weak pretty quickly in there. <laughs> Survival of the fittest really <laughs> plays into the whole yeah. drifter lifestyle. If you want to be a drifter, it ain't it ain't easy. Anyway, um, the uh, blind preacher catches him though and starts like choking him. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Roddy's like his excuse. He's like, "Hey, I'm neighborhood watch," and the guy's just like, "Yeah, let me touch your face." <laughs> neighborhood watch. Yeah, let me touch your face. Which it's got to be because the preacher can't use the glasses to see the aliens. So I think he touches their faces because he knows what the alien faces feel like. Oh, that's right. That's what I put together. That's smart. Mm -hmm. See, it's going to take me a couple watches. It's a good thing I'm doing this movie probably like 10 (laughs) times. Um, But Roddy does some more spying after that. He leaves and then he, he does some more spying and there's a scene where he's like looking through binoculars like spying on him and then he pans up and it's just a helicopter. Oh yeah, just there. above him. And then you can all of a sudden just hear the helicopter. <laughs> so it's one of those, they didn't turn the helicopter sound on right. until they knew that he saw him. Yeah. That's probably how that helicopter worked. Yeah. And then that's when we find the, the scientific investigation division of the government <laughs> comes into play. Which, when they opened the doors to the Scientific Investigation Division truck, there wasn't scientists in there. There were SWAT teams carrying AK-47s <laughs> or M-16s. I don't know my rifles or assault yeah, weapons. they're heavily armed for a scientist. You would expect... <laughs> I like, would think beakers. Yep. Some goggles. Yeah, like some chemicals that could like react poorly and make gas. Something with flashy lights and antennae. <laughs> Yep, nope, just... Uh, just SWAT team. Just automatic <laughs> weapons. Um, yeah, and speaking of the SWAT team, it takes like five SWAT guys to take out that blind yeah, preacher. Yeah, the blind preacher, there's this great scene where they they got him cornered and he's just swinging his little, uh, the blind, the, the pokey stick. Yeah, the um, like... I don't know. It's got to. It's got to have a name. Yeah. Um, email us. Yeah, yeah, movieswithwrestlers at gmail.com. <laughs> um, Tell us what that thing's called. And he's swinging it, not even that wildly or violently. He's kind of half-assing it. He's really phoning it in. And it takes five SWAT team members in full riot gear to subdue him. Yeah, you'd think that they'd, like, focus on getting other people and just be like, hey, like, you Where's he there. going? Hey, rookie, can you handle the blind guy? He's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. He's already in a corner. Yeah. Yeah. This but- is... They're they're poorly trained. That's yeah. why Roddy Piper gets away with it constantly. Yeah. That's gotta be it. Yeah. This is like totally off topic, but when I was a kid, I um me and my buddy were walking down the street and we like saw this dog and he was like, That dog over there, it's blind. And I was like, It's blind, no way it's blind. Because we had seen this it was just a stray dog, boulder dog. And uh I was like, So if I go over there and like poke that dog, he's not gonna like see me coming and he was like yeah go touch it and i was like okay so i like started sneaking up and i like got like that close to the dog like 
for the listeners, that's an inch. Yeah, clearly so. an inch. Clear, like, like an exact inch. And uh, the dog, like, latched onto my leg. And, like, <laughs> it was a tiny dog, so it was running away. And it was, like, I was, like, carrying the dog on my leg. Wait, now, is it confirmed that this dog was blind? I don't think he was. I think my friend was lying to me. I think your friend was lying to you. Even if the dog was blind, uh, he could probably still smell and hear you coming. Smart. He's, he's blind, not dumb. Yeah, I was not blind, but dumb. <laughs> so, anyway, back to they live. Um, you told me an interesting fact, which was that Roddy um, refused to take his wedding ring off. Yeah, that's something I read. Which you see it many, many times in the film. Which is funny because it doesn't make any sense in the context of his character. But I guess this was also true for his wrestling days. He he refused to take it off out of respect for his wife. Yeah. And uh, I find that just charming. I think that's pretty stand up. That is stand up. I like it. Um, that's the kind of man I want to be. <laughs> the kind of man I want to marry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Um. And uh, that's th- th- this is about the time that Roddy discovers the glasses um, yep. that were in that box. Yep, the infamous glasses. And these are the glasses that, which it it it's like a good ten minutes of the film is just him walking around with the glasses on, yep. like seeing all this shit. Like now, when you first find the glasses, or when he first finds the glasses in the in the church, it's like on this big science table full of beakers with weird colored fluids and stuff. So it just. And then it just transforms into the glasses as as it pans across this table. So it just makes you think like this crazy science has gone into the <laughs> development of these glasses. But clearly these glasses have been manufactured. I mean, they got yeah. boxes and boxes of them. Where did these beakers of pink and blue fluid come into play? No. Like, how did they make these glasses out of I, that? You know, I don't even think they use beakers and fluid to make sunglasses in general. I think it's probably <laughs> think melted so. plastic <laughs> poured into a mold with filters put in later on <laughs> is what I think it is. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's another one we'll just have to leave up to the gods on this one. Yeah. Um but it uh it ends up on um Roddy like is going he's at a newsstand and he's like looking through this magazine and this guy um who he sees for the first time what the uh aliens look like. Um which I kind of I like I dug the uh, the effects. The alien I thought, look? I liked the look, yeah. Well, it was sort of... Uh, you said they had Rick and Morty eyes, which they totally they did. They definitely have Rick and Morty eyes. Or Rick and Morty have they live eyes. But So what I read about this, which I really liked, is... Now these aliens represent the... Like, our... Or the human culture, our society uh, decaying. Um, so the guy... I forget his name, but the guy that made the, what the, the alien design... He wanted it to look like humans themselves decaying. And that's the idea behind their look, which I I think that's pretty cool. I like that. That's like smart. That that's the sign of a good director. He's got his hand in every single department. Yeah. He's like, this is the symbolism behind this. That's cool. Yep. Yep. Carpenter's Carpenter's good. There I really like too, so throughout the whole movie until like the end of the third act, uh, you only see the aliens in black and white. You never see them, so you don't know what they really look like. Oh yeah, that's right. Until the very end, uh, you see what their 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 actual colors are. Um, I thought that was really cool. That is, that's a cool decision, and also, 
the end was weird, but we'll talk about it. When we'll we get, get there. there. Um, another thing I liked, but oh, but anyway, getting back to this, he's at a newsstand and he sees the guy and he sees what they look like and he's all like, he looks like dumbfounded or whatever, and the guy's just like, "What's your problem?" <laughs> and it's like really aggressive. Yeah, everyone in this, everyone in the city is. I think Cleveland. I want to say is where it takes place. I was wondering actually. I, I think it's Cleveland. I don't know. Uh, but everyone in the city, except Keith David, yeah. is or actually, yeah, yeah, except Keith David is super harsh. They're just yeah. they're curmudgeons. It's a city of curmudgeons. Yeah, yeah. I've never. I don't. I don't think I've ever been to Cleveland. Is this true? Email us. Uh, movies with wrestlers at gmail dot com. Clevelanders, let us know what your people are like. Um, but another like nice touch that I liked was when he had the glasses on. The guy's got like money in his hand. And he, it says, "This is your God." This is your God. It's, I like that. Yeah, it. all the subliminal messages are always just so poignant, straight yeah. to the point. Because like my everything was just it's like, yes, it's so true. <laughs> yes, this is how it works. I love when he. It's a couple, little bit after that scene, the newsstand scene, when he's watching the news and the president is talking, mm-hmm. and the president is an alien, of course, and behind him is a giant. I believe it's an obey sign. Yeah, and. Uh, Piper just starts laughing and goes, of course it's something like this. It's like, that's exactly what we're all thinking. <laughs> yeah. As there's, I feel like he was saying a lot about Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I wish I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I wish I lived through Reagan's years as president, but it seems like a really interesting um, time. Interesting time. Reaganomics. Reaganomics. That yeah. worked out. Um. But that leads to like probably one of my favorite scenes, which is like he's in the in the <laughs> like convenience store and the lady is just like, well, excuse me. <laughs> and he's just like, you're real fucking ugly or something like that. what's it? It's a uh, lady. Your head looks. <laughs> oh, it's, I, I'm yeah. doing this from memory, but I think it's. Do you have it written down? Yeah, it's like your head looks like it fell in the cheese dip in 1957. Excuse me. Just survive. You know. You look like your head fell on the cheese dip back in 1957. You, you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly. You see, I take these glasses off. She looks like a regular person, doesn't she, huh? Put them back on, formaldehyde face. (laughs) Such like a shitty insult. Like, it's not even that good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I I would laugh. If someone said that to me. I don't know how I would take it. I'd laugh. I, I, would, would, I wouldn't take offense like, to what it. What does that mean? <laughs> it's like there's there was a uh, line in um, Maximum Conviction, the first the first one oh, yeah, we yeah. did. It was like you should go fuck your mama with your wet poodle. But I love okay. So when this scene, then he he he's looking at the alien lady. Says her face looks like it looks like moldy cheese. And then he turns to another person that's a human and just points to her and says, you look fine. And then points back to the alien and says, but you look ugly. <laughs> yeah. And then he totally blows his cover. Yeah, completely. From there on out of the rest for the rest of the film. Yeah. Now everybody knows who. They're hot on his trail. Is. Yeah. And he clotheslines a guy. There's a couple wrestling moves in yeah, this movie. Was, see, now, I'm not too versed in my wrestling. I admit it. So I, I, had, to, I had to defer to Eric to tell me what these wrestling moves are because i know a wrestling move when i see one. Oh yeah 
It's pretty easy to spot. Now, what was the the gut buster suplex? Gut wrench suplex. Gut wrench suplex. Yeah, it's easily like, the best executed uh, uh, move in the entire film. Yeah, I think it's is that during the Keith David fight scene? The Keith David fight scene that drags on. That's like and a five on. five <laughs> or six minute fight scene, dude. It's like you know the the Family Guy chicken fights. It's like that kind of, except not like as extreme, but it lasts as long as one of those. It's like when in, in like the Simpsons stuff when someone falls off a cliff and they're screaming and they're just going ah, and then they take a deep breath. Ah, yeah, keep going. like that happens. There's a part. There's there's multiple parts of this fight scene where they stop fighting, take a breath, compose yeah. themselves. And then get right back. Yeah, to it. it was sort of realistic in that way. I feel like I feel like I feel both of these guys are just not giving up, and that's just the way they're gonna do it. And then Piper just gets those glasses on Keith David's head, and that's all it takes. They're friends again. Yeah, fight scene over. And he's like, "Oh, I see what you've been seeing now, brother. Now we're gonna like partner up." And they just take it all. Even Piper, when he first puts the glasses on, we we mentioned how his studio is, but as soon as he puts the glasses on, he just takes everything at face value. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, that looks like an alien over there. Must be aliens. Like, I wouldn't jump to that conclusion immediately. Yeah, no, I, mm, no. But this leads to the uh, the famous bubblegum where we were at the, the uh, where, you, where, where are we at in the plot right now? We're at the, uh, he was telling the lady in the store that she was real fucking. Oh, well, yeah, he was telling her she's really ugly. A couple cops came up. They were aliens. He beat the shit out of them, took their guns. That's right. He gets the guns. And he now goes he's just in, walking like, around what I what we think is Cleveland, completely armed to the teeth. Yeah, and then he goes into a bank, and then it's the famous bubblegum. I've come to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum, I believe is the line. Yeah. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. <laughs> and I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> and he improvise that right yeah so i think it was it was a line he wrote for uh back in his wrestling days for one of his wrestling promos and he never used it and he just had it in his back pocket and i guess they didn't know he was going to say that on set or anything and he just busted that out can you imagine being on set and just having him say that being like that's goddamn gold yeah i bet that's like right around the time he started getting comfortable acting and he realized that this is just this is just an hour and a half long promo that I got to cut, <laughs> and that's what he was known for back in the the wrestling days. Oh yeah, he was a talker. He was a talker even in in like wrestling, and he's like known as one of the greatest talkers. Honestly, yeah. like I think I read opinion. somewhere he like won some sort of award for it, some wrestling award. Probably like yeah, probably like a Cauliflower Alley Club thing. Um, that's weird. Uh, oh, okay. I read. Now, maybe you can clear this up for me. So, uh, on his Wikipedia page, his wrestling days, he was trained by. Uh, I think his name was Stu Hart. I should have taken better notes. Uh -huh. And so, is that like Owen Hart's dad? Yeah, Owen and Bret Hart's dad. Dude, that's the okay. So, like I said, I don't know much about wrestling, but I realized that's probably a pretty big deal. Yeah. So, Stu Hart was a big wrestling trainer. He had what was called the. Heart dungeon in his basement that's where he would train people and he trained like a lot of canadian wrestlers like i think um i think chris benoit trained yes i, I read he trained in with chris the benoit. dungeon and maybe chris jericho uh maybe not but i th uh but like yeah like all the hearts trained down there um Dope. 
yeah, like the Hearts are a huge wrestling family. Wow, I didn't, I never put that together. That it's just like this dynasty of wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Actually, there's a movie called Wrestling with Shadows. Um, it's a documentary um, during the Montreal Screwjob, um, which is like this thing that happened after like there was a big ratings war between WWE and WCW. Mm-hmm. It's WWF back then. Yep. Yep. Um, and World Wildlife Fund. World Wildlife Fund. Yeah. And uh, they were competing for ratings and Bret Hart was loyal to WWF for a long time. And um, basically he was leaving for WCW. They knew it and they wanted him to lose his, his last match. They wanted him to lose the title in Montreal and he didn't want to lose the title in Montreal. They were going to have him win that. And then the next night on Raw, when they were in a different city, because it wasn't his hometown. It's like a weird old school yeah, wrestling yeah, ethics makes, type I thing. I can see that. Um, but they didn't do that. They like said that he tapped out. They called the match early and gave the title to Shawn Michaels. It's known as this Montreal screw job. But there's a documentary. It's the I think it was made on A&E, and these people were just happened to be following and like filming him Whoa. during the time that that happened. There's some pretty crazy shit in it. I think I'm going to do an episode on it. But Interesting. Wait, so they, they actually pulled like a fast one on him live. Is that what happened? Yeah. And, and he yeah. lost the match. It was Survivor it. Series 97, I think. And um, they had agreed, Vince McMahon and Bret Hart had agreed prior that... Uh, Hart would win that night. Hart would win that night. And then the next night on Raw when they were in like probably another... Oh. Now was Talented McMahon? Was, did he know about this this con job they're setting up? Was yeah, he behind he it? Orchestrated it? Yeah, there was Whoa. a big like you screwed Brett thing that was going on at the time after it happened, Whoa. and then he did an interview where he was like, "I did not screw Brett. Brett screwed Brett." <laughs> they like kind of broke kayfabe, and it was it was pretty insane. Yeah, wow. And who says deal. wrestling isn't real? Yeah, it gets real sometimes, folks. Um, just ask Chris Benoit's family (laughs) yeah oh god dude that one hit me deep because Chris Benoit was my favorite wrestler when all that shit went down and I found out about it before I knew about him like killing his family and stuff like they just yeah they knew about him dying before they 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 did did an episode I was watching dedicated that that whole night to him right and he was supposed to like be in a title match the previous night and he wasn't there and I was wondering about it and then I saw that and I was like oh my god yeah. And like started crying immediately and just like they they dedicated the whole episode to him. The entire episode was just old matches of his. And then the next night they were like, we did not know about yeah. the details of. Yep. And they're like, from now on, we will no longer be referring to Chris Benoit. But they did um, put his matches up when they made the WWE Network. They did put his yeah. matches up. That's good. I don't think they should like erase him from history. He but... was an incredible wrestler. Yeah. That's the thing it's, about it. That's what it's it's not good what he did. And I think there are scientific reasons behind oh, why his, his brain was fucking shit. Yeah. It was when, like, they, when they cut him open, his brain, they it was actually it wasn't even a brain anymore. They he just had uh, like pudding in there. It was just yeah, pudding, I think. Like severe concussions that went untreated and time and time again. And they did say his brain was like. Up. An elderly Alzheimer's yeah, like patient, like eighty-year-old Alzheimer. Yeah, his brain because it wasn't that. I mean, we're now we're just talking about Chris Benoit here, but what like his one of his main moves thing was he would just like go head first into like other things. Yeah, diving headbutt. Yeah, uh, not good for your head. Definitely, definitely not, not good to do it. How much did that man weigh? Um, he was probably a steady like one eighty, one ninety. Okay, maybe he got up into. Nah, he was pretty burly, so he probably got up to like the 
low 200s. Because he had some mass on him. So there yeah. was some inertia behind that. Oh, absolutely. And his brain was like the first thing to get hit. Yeah, and he never protected it. He never put his hand up or anything like they do now. No, that was really back man. when they allowed like headshots. They don't allow headshots with chairs or anything anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I and they don't that. allow uh, blood anymore. It's gotten oh. a lot more, uh, I don't know. It's a tragic story. PG, I guess, and probably safer, which is good. Yeah, totally. I mean, hey, it's going down with football right now, too. They're, yeah. These football players are bashing their brains and then turning into violent monsters. Yeah. Uh, getting back speaking to of violent monsters, <laughs> yeah, speaking of violent monsters, um, at this point, uh, they're in the bank and this is where Roddy Piper kidnaps, um, Holly Thompson was her name. Yeah. Which oh, it's just like enter female lead now. <laughs> yeah. Who we talk like her eyes are too blue. Oh, they're, they're, they're dead. They're, they're like, the eyes of a dead person. They, they are either the eyes of a white walker from Game of Thrones <laughs> Or like the head one, like the like the general White yep. Walker. Is that what they're called, White Walkers? Yeah, they're White Walkers. It's been a while since I've seen the Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they look like that or a uh, Siberian Husky. They do. You you mentioned Siberian Husky, and that is spot on. If you took the eyes out of a Siberian Husky and put them into like a super eighties blonde woman, yeah, you got uh, what's that actress's name? Meg something. Mm-hmm. Meg something. Meg something. Everybody. <laughs> Um, I really got to work on my notes, dude. I do too, and like I'm so bad at remembering character names, so I made it a point to write down that her name was Holly Thompson. <laughs> Holly Thompson. Um, but uh, he kidnaps her, and then she like ends up calling the cops. She actually she like busts a, a glass over his head and throws him through a window, which I find hard to believe. Yeah, he def- and he didn't have any like cuts or anything on him. We mentioned earlier we see him shirtless at the beginning of this film, and. Piper, motherfucker, he is shredded. Yeah, he, he, he really, is tore up. He's He's got some muscle on him for sure. So I don't think just a vase on the back of the head is going to throw him out of a glass window. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> but uh, he gets another pair of glasses from digging through the very clean trash. Oh, yeah, goes to the garbage, gets some more glasses. And then he has the fight scene with Keith David that right. just and goes on. Before that, like he like wants to get he wants to get like paid from the little bit that he worked. And he was like, one one day's pay, that's the best I could do. And he throws the money. And Piper is still holding the box that he got the glasses oh, from. Yeah. And he thro- Keith David throws the money directly into the box. Just arcs it right in. And they both act like that wasn't awesome. Yeah, they were just like, whatever. That's the best acting in the entire film is yeah. they both act like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I would have lost my shit. I would have too. I would have been like, Are you, did you seriously just do that? <laughs> I wouldn't have made the throw or the catch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get uh, after the fight scene. There's a after like Keith David sees through the glasses and everything. One of my favorite lines, I think, is uh, "Life's a bitch and she's back in heat." <laughs> Brother, life's a bitch. She's back in heat. That's a Roddy line, I think. Fantastic. I want to know. Did he ad lib that one too? He probably did, dude. I have a feeling. And then they uh, they they end up finding the people that made the glasses, and uh, oh, they got contacts now. Yeah, oh, they have one thing about the glasses now. that we haven't talked about yet: they talk about when you put them on, they 
they alter your brain because you literally perceive reality differently. So they refer to it as being like on a drug. And it's really cool because when you see them wearing the glasses, they do physically walk around like they're drunk or something. Have Did you yeah, notice that? I did kind of, they're, yeah. They're always in a daze when they have the glasses on. And at first I was just thinking, oh, it's just them like trying to take everything in, all all the subliminal messages and stuff. But it does. It, it physically alters your brain because they talk about the headaches you get from them and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I really liked that aspect of them walking around in a daze with these glasses on yeah yeah i did too and i i didn't actually like really think about it until just now but yeah it's an active choice yeah that's why yeah i'm gonna have to watch it again so then okay so now they're where are we at well, they're they're in the meeting with the the resistance or whoever. yeah yeah they like it's funny because it, things like start to progress pretty quickly at this point now yeah, things are taking off because this movie's very slow it's slow up until this point and then like the last i want to say 20 minutes which i found just through doing this podcast is a big theme with like movies at least of the late 80s because early 90s because like mr nanny um with hulk hogan is very slow until like the last 20 minutes no holds barred with hulk hogan very slow until and those are both of the same era mm-hmm. and uh they they just take a while to take off and then the, everything happens at once. Yeah. But yeah, I've noticed that that was a big way of making movies back then, at least big like Hollywood movies. Their their pace, they the way they pace are just completely different. Right. Yeah, I yeah, now and I feel like now because they're trying to fit everything in an hour and a half, yes. but now there's like every movie you watch is two and a half hours long, <laughs> two and hours and 45 minutes long. But they get there and uh, like almost immediately they're just like welcomed. They get the the yeah, new. They just walk in. Hey, yeah. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, they get the new contacts instead of the, the sunglasses. They get to wear contacts, and, and then that was just... probably because the rest of the movie there's a lot of action sequences, and they didn't yeah. want the glasses constantly falling off. Yeah, I bet they broke a lot of glasses throughout the. Yeah, you're probably right. And then uh, they just strap the fuck up. Like Roddy Piper's just throwing grenades into a backpack at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's just a table full of weapons. Just tossing grenades in there like yeah. they're nothing. <laughs> like it's candy. Like they can't just explode on, on <laughs> a moment's notice. I love how movies treat grenades. First of all, every grenade explodes completely differently. Like I love the big giant fire explosions with grenades. Like that's not how a grenade works. No, not at all. Um, there's the, there's the classic scene of the guy pulling the pin on a grenade and about to throw it, but then he gets shot and drops it. Yeah, did it explode afterward? Yeah, you hear an explosion. It cuts, and then you hear an explosion. You right. don't see the damage. Yeah. That, yeah. But this is, yeah, so all these cops, all of a sudden, they just cave one wall in on their little hangout. Oh, can we talk about the uh, the revolution, too? These these guys, it's, it's the entire world that's taken over by aliens, right. as far as we know. I yeah. mean, we're only ever in Cleveland, but it's the entire world, and this is the entire resistance. Yeah, it was like twenty people tops. Yeah, like and yeah, and they talk about that too. They're like, we need to work on our on getting our numbers up. Like we, need- <laughs> it's like the opposite of the Fight Club. Like you definitely go out there and talk about this. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they they managed. Well, Piper manages to do it. Manages, Thank God he accomplishes the mission because the entire the entire all of them are wiped out at this point except yeah. Keith, David, and Piper. Yeah, so basically what happens after the cops like come and, and find them, 
they one of uh, Keith David's watch malfunctions and it creates like a temporary portal to like a safe zone Mm -hmm. and they go through it and um, they stumble upon like a party like a, which they're also just welcomed with open arms. Yeah, like at. no, it's like a black tie event, and they're like wearing Roddy Piper's wearing a flannel throughout the entire movie. <laughs> backpack of grenades, tucked still? I can't into remember blue jeans. The oh, they probably do. Yeah, and Keith David's wearing a tank top. I think they definitely have guns just stuffed in their waist. Yeah, they walk in with the guns in their hands, and then Roddy's just like, "Oh, we better." Like, <laughs> just the, like just the fact that they're at this party means they must be okay. Like that's the level of security. Yeah, and then some dude just walks up to him. I think was maybe a part of the resistance at one point. But I then, think like, he was. Was he like the construction boss? No, he wasn't the construction boss. Who he was wh- the guy from the church? Maybe that was like going to the church that Roddy was like spying on earlier no, on. That in the guy movie. didn't have the the Van Dyke goatee. No, thing. yeah, you're right. I have no idea who this guy uh, yeah, is. Yeah, he was just some random. I have no dude. idea. I think maybe he was a part of the resistance, and then they like he like he like turned. Now he's a double agent, maybe. But uh, he like gives them a tour of what's apparently just a, a giant intergalactic airport. Yeah, he's like, here's all of our secrets. Let me show you real yeah, quick. Yeah, he literally is. He's just like, here's everything that you guys need to know. In I order know to stop us. <laughs> you guys were like looking for like basically where our signal comes from i'm just going to take you directly there and show you where it's but at. i know you're you're cool because you're here yeah so clearly you're cool you're here and like you look a little bit different than all of us but yeah you're cool well, well i'm just going to show you everything <laughs> but yeah i it was really cool i like the scene where people are like blasting to like different planets like andromeda yeah yeah they, they have like their briefcases and stuff yeah Dude, i just want to see a whole other movie of like where these aliens come from what's their planet like uh, yeah gotta be depleted if they're out here just fucking around with us yeah like why are they just fucking around with us are they just just like trying to control us yeah um but they end up uh shooting that guy and shooting the two security guards and no they don't shoot him he uh he does his little watch trick and oh that's right yeah the only human that they show uh the good guys kill Oh, it's at the end. We haven't got there yet. I won't. I won't talk about it yet. Right. Because earlier, every time Rowdy Roddy Piper shoots somebody or Keith David for that matter, they make a point of letting you know it's an alien. Yeah, they want you they, to make sure that no like, Don't humans worry, it's are not getting... a person. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird justification. Thing. It's kind of like in the Marvel movies now. Like they never show people dying. I feel like it's always the chitari or some like alien you know it's the only thing they ever show dying in masses yeah i'm i guess that's not totally true. i'm like so far behind on my marvel movies the last really? one i saw was ant-man i think oh really i saw half of civil war but it's such a fucking long movie dude God, i love civil war it's good what i saw of it was good it was last christmas i think i was watching it i'm a huge sucker for the marvel films though yeah i dig them i just need to like spend the time spend the like 30 plus hours and watch all of them oh there i was gonna say are there any wrestlers but there's guardians guardians yeah mm-hmm. as batista dude he kills it in that too i didn't know he was like who would have known that he was such a good comedic actor? Yeah. Who the fuck has got timing? Dude, he does. And towards the end of his wrestling career, he was getting pretty good at like promos and stuff. What, did he have like a wrestling name? Batista. It was just Batista. Was yeah. what what uh, the animal Batista? Ooh, the animal. What when was he when was he doing his thing on wrestling? Uh, he started in like two thousand two, two thousand three, and then he was a part of Evolution, which was Triple H's stable, which is what sort of like lifted him and. Uh, Randy Orton's career 
off the ground. Okay. And then he became the world champion at WrestleMania 21. And then since Batista then. Batista did? Yeah. Okay. World heavyweight champion. He beat Triple H after he like quit Evolution. And then he like won the Royal Rumble too, I think. That was actually the Royal Rumble. Both him and John Cena um, eliminated each other. And that wasn't supposed to be the ending. So they had to restart the match. And Vince McMahon came down to the ring and got, he was like super pissed off. And he jumped into the ring and he f- like fucked up both of his hamstrings or like his quads and uh he had to like sit down the entire time he was in the ring he was like sitting on the on oh like butt, he like, actually fucked up his yeah, quads he was, like, jumping, jumping into, the, into the, ring. the ring and he like hit his quads oh, and he like fuck. fucked them up and he had to be helped out <laughs> wait which guy are we talking here vince mcmahon how old is he at this point isn't that guy old as shit oh now? he's old as shit now but this was back in 2005 he's still old he was still old he was probably <laughs> in his like 60s he's in his 70s now yeah, no wonder i'm surprised he had hamstrings at all still yeah but it's yeah that's just funny but yeah then he he just sort of like did like the world title thing he was in the world title hunt for a while until i think like 2010 2011 or so and then do, he quit. do you know off the top of your head uh batista's first movie he was in um, because the first one I remember is uh, Man with the Iron Fist. Uh, no, he did some shitty ones before that. He was in some straight to DVD movies. Okay, and um, I think he was in the Scorpion King three. Oh, possibly. Shit. I forgot there's even a third one of those. Yeah, there's probably a fourth one. They're straight to DVD. Let's movies. keep them going. Yeah, might as well. Um, but they are at the space station. The guy shows them. Which Where all of TV this is contained inside a uh, TV studio like High Rise. Right. Yeah. So there's a space station in the basement. There's a giant party. Um, there's an airport. <laughs> yeah. There. Yeah. It's a. It's a multi. It makes sense if you building. don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I dug it. I thought it was cool. Um, they blast their way into the TV station, and they like find out that the the signals on the roof. And they run into, uh, mm-hmm. they like are kind of like shooting around, running through the building. They run into uh, Holly. Holly's back, and uh, she like goes with them. And she's back in the movie. They she's part of it again. She's part of it again. And they are going up to the roof. And Roddy goes up ahead, but she stays behind and shoots Keith David in the now, fucking head. Okay, now we got to talk about this. First of all, if you kill Keith David in a movie, you're going to upset me. We've already talked about my right. feelings towards Keith David. Right. But they don't. Oh my god, they don't talk. They don't pay any attention to it. They just they just put a gun to his head, and then as the scene changes, you hear a gunshot. So you yeah. know, motherfucker's dead. But that's that's all they give you. Yeah, there's an entire movie of character development, and that's it. And then Roddy's on the roof. He's looking at the satellite that's broadcasting the signal, and he aims his gun at it, and he's like, oh, what was Keith David's name in this movie? Uh, shit. Can't even remember. Damn handsome man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's just like, are you guys up here yet? And she's, like, she's like, I am. She's like, I He's am. not. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. <laughs> That's and it. That's that's all they talk about him dying. Yeah, and then she's Piper pointing. doesn't even seem that upset about it. No, he doesn't. He's he's not like. Yeah, he's just like whatever. Damn shame. And then there's a and then she's like, "It's over for you." She's like pointing a gun at him, and then a helicopter comes up. You can tell he's outnumbered, and Roddy's just like, "Fuck it," and he shoots the satellite, and, and then everything explodes. Everything, literally everything. Literally explodes. everything. 
he gets like shot with a machine gun and then as oh, he's yeah, dying he, shot. he flips off the yeah his last like his dying his he flips off move. the helicopter that was shooting him which is pretty badass if i'm gonna go out that way i hope i have the strength to flip off the helicopter full of the men that just shot me with their machine guns yeah and this is the last probably minute and a half of the movie yeah every the signal's interrupted and everybody that's per, like like portraying a human that's pretending to be a human is in their regular alien they're, yeah their disguise is turned off their disguise is turned off you can see all the newscasters are are aliens there's a guy sitting in a bar and he's watching he doesn't realize that his disguise has been turned off and everyone's just looking, looking at, him. at him he's like wait what's up what's going on and the last scene in the movie is this girl having sex with this well, dude first of all it's very unenthusiastic sex it's, it is they're hardly moving at all yeah she's just like very it's like she's on heroin or something it's like she's having sex with an alien yeah <laughs> and then she looks on the tv and sees an alien and then she looks down and the alien's just like what's the matter baby what's the matter baby <laughs> yeah and that's it and that's the end of the fucking movie Movies ends, ended weird back in the eighties. Like cold as it began. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we probably didn't even scratch the surface of this this movie. But well, there's so much subtext and stuff, but I mean, come on, who's got the time for I, it? I I don't. I have to. Well, that's why you're going to do ten more episodes with this movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, thanks for being on the show, dude. I hey, appreciate man. it. Is there anything in particular you want to plug? I know you have a uh, the Animosolator thing. Yeah, I mean, I do a lot of uh, different types of art and stuff, always working at that. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Animosolator, A-N-I-M-O-S-C-I-L-L-A-T-O-R. Um, playing a bunch of bands. Eastwood. Play, play with this guy over here. Make some noises. And... Uh, uh, what do you plug your other bands? Let's see here. Uh man, where do I begin? There's Wire Rider, Eastwood, Modern Sons, Inwalks Bud, Do It Kappa. <sighs> I'm probably forgetting some. Beautifully Broken. Uh Freak Out the Musical, which will be returning probably coming up here in a couple months. Oh, you were a part of that? Oh yeah. Played nice. keys for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Real fun project. Uh there's probably some other things out there. Nice. Right on. Um Thanks, dude. Hey, thank you. Oh, um I still hate you though. Yeah, uh, I hate you as well. All right, there it is. They live John Carpenter classic. Um I really enjoyed this one actually. It was not uh, it's not very often that I like watch a movie on, for this podcast and I'm like surprised with actually really enjoying the movie and wondering how I hadn't seen it before. Um, but anyway, I want to thank Prince for doing the intro music. I want to thank Dan for coming on the episode and talking with me. Um, definitely check out his uh, his art on Instagram, Facebook. He's under uh, Animosolator. And check out his bands too. Um, I want to thank the Not Safe for Network and all of the podcasts on the Not Safe for Network. If you haven't yet, definitely check all those out. There's a lot of really great stuff on there. Um, yeah, so that's all I got. Have a good week, guys. Bye.
Movies with Restless? Green Lantern's Light? ASL Adventures? In a Dimensional Exchange Association? Is this yours? No, your I- Your mother said she found them on your phone. I don't know, a guy must, must have- Must what? Look, Dad, they're not mine. Alien Movie Project? We Had a Good Life? Montucky Skies? Real Roulette? Where'd you get it? Dad- Answer me. Who taught you how to listen to this stuff? You alright? I learned it by watching you! Parents that use podcasts have children that use podcasts. Brought to you by the partnership of the Not Safer Network.